We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome in, everybody, to the CFB Nation All-America Podcast. My name is Bill Trochi, senior editor here at SportingNews.com, alongside Bill Bender, a lead college football writer at SportingNews.com. Bill, we are two days away from the Final Four, the college football playoff semifinals. We got the Fiesta Bowl kicking off at 4 o'clock on Saturday, TCU in Michigan, and, of course, the big one at 8 o'clock, Ohio State and Georgia. Here in Atlanta, I am live from uh, just outside the, uh, the College Football Hall of Fame where we had our media day today, and uh, we are finally ready to narrow the field from four to two in about two hours. Uh, Bill, you're still up in Columbus there where uh, people are still talking about, you know, what's wrong with Ryan Day, what's wrong with Ohio State, what's the vibe up there in Columbus right now? Uh, as the Buckeyes uh, get ready for this big challenge of taking on number one Georgia? Well, I, I think they're going to – I would flip it to you, honestly. I mean, I know how they feel up here. I think there's some anticipation. There's angst. There's – I don't think there's a resignation that they're going to lose to Georgia because once that ball gets kicked off, if I know Ohio State fans and that fan base, which I do, um, <laughs> they, they'll be fired up and they'll be, they'll be expecting to win because Ohio State's a program that expects to win. So I would ask you, since you let me – flip this around a little bit you were down there what what did you see from the players today I know you talked to several of them uh you know they can say one thing and you can kind of try to read body language but what did you feel we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice 
the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Yeah, I think, you know, I talked to Marvin Harrison and he's like, I don't, we don't feel like the underdog. And, and I believe that I think it's, they, they should believe that, um, you know, Ohio state is such a talented team. I think I saw they've, uh, they have pulled off four upsets, I think in the college football playoff, like they are not an underdog very often over the point spreads. And, uh, once they have reached the college football playoff, they they've been able to quote unquote upset, uh, teams. Now, uh, the, the Georgia team and the Ohio State team, talent-wise, you did an analysis of this. It's almost dead even. Uh, Georgia is a six-and-a-half-point favorite, mostly because, you know, obviously they're still undefeated, and Ohio State's coming off a loss. But remember this, there's been three teams in the history of the college football playoff that have entered the semifinals coming off a loss, and two of the three went on to win the national championship. So including Georgia last year. So, you know, Georgia knows where Ohio State is coming from in terms of, um, you know, coming into this thing after a loss. Uh, You know, I I tried to get some of the players on Ohio State to bite uh, the Michigan apple a little bit. They won't. They they wouldn't do it. They wouldn't do it. I said, you know, is there somewhere in the back of your mind you realize you might get another shot at Michigan? I mean, I know everything's focused on Georgia, but. Michigan is right there hanging for you. And, you know, they kind of ruined your season and, and turned the tide and everything like that. And nobody would bite the apple. Oh, they can, they're programmed. <laughs> they're programmed well. You know, they, you know, they, they know how to handle sports media, a lot of these guys. And, and you touched on it. The, from the talent standpoint, one school has 16 five-star guys, one has 15. One has 45 four-star guy or 54, and the other has 55. So this is one of those few games that, I'm gonna. I'll go ahead and say it, Bill. Games like this, I like watching just a little bit more because of I. It was like Alabama, Georgia last year. Ten minutes into the game, I'm texting my friends, dude. Look at all this NFL talent everywhere, every position. It's mm-hmm. it's amazing. So I. That's where, from that standpoint, Ohio State shouldn't feel like an underdog. Now, when you get in the fight and get in the game, if Georgia comes out and scores a ten play drive, boom, comes down, gets a turnover, ten play drive, boom, and you're down fourteen nothing. We'll see what that means. So it, it all is to get into the fight. Here's another question I have for you. You were around Georgia a little bit too. Um, what are they – sometimes de- defending a national title is hard. They don't like using that phrase. What was Kirby like today? Kirby, when I've been around him, he's pretty business as usual, doesn't bite on any apples. I mean, what mm. was he like today? Yeah, he's all business. You know, he's uh, calm explaining, you know, their mission and how they have uh, conducted themselves, doesn't get into any comparisons between last season and this season, two totally different teams, which in a lot of ways he's right. There's a lot of different personnel uh, out there. Um, Spent some time with the coordinators, and, uh, you know, I thought uh, Todd Monken was very interesting in talking about the the 12 personnel, the two tight end attack that they have, and, and, and the play, calling the plays and the playbook and things like that. And it's it's a very different attack because mostly because most college teams don't have two great tight ends like they have. And uh, but he was like, we're not 
we're not drawing up any special plays. We're calling those because those are two of our best players. You know what I mean? Right. And he understands that they, they create problems uh, defensively. Uh, Jim Knowles, the, the defensive coordinator for Ohio State, addressed it a little bit. And he said, you've got to be solid everywhere because not only do they have two great tight ends, but they line them up in so many different places. So right. it's not like you can just make one adjustment and focus on that area of the field and make sure you can try to take one of them away and double team the other one or things that he says, you just have to be solid throughout. And, you know, I, that's a concern, right. For Ohio state. I mean, that's a lot right. to ask to, to face this, this duo that, you know, Georgia is going to look to, to be difference makers. Well, you just touched on, we talked about this earlier in the week is yes. Ohio state did a pretty good job on Michael Mayer in the week one game, but Notre Dame didn't have two of them. They didn't have a Darnell Washington on the other side. And that's, I think, I think Mike Mayer, most complete tight end, SN All-American. I don't know that he's a better athlete than Brock Bowers though. And, and the way that they've used Brock Bowers, I'll say it that way. Maybe he's a better athlete. I don't know, but the way that they use Brock Bowers is very creative. He'll run the ball, you know, off of a tight end reverse. So they, I think that's the guy they have to key on. And then when you do that, the problem is, Lad McConkey's a heck of a receiver. Mm-hmm. He's a heck of a playmaker. He's a very disciplined route runner. He's going to test those Ohio State corners. So to me on that end, it, it comes down to two things with Ohio State. One, can they generate pressure and bring and land it? And two, how does the back seven hold up? I mean, is that you can't chalk up Michigan to, oh, we had five bad plays. You have five bad plays <laughs> on Saturday, it's going to be one bad night. It's going to so, be the same story, exactly. Yeah, so they have to have their communication locked down because Georgia will run some creative sets. Um, I have another question for you. So I, I think you were – did you say you were around Stroud a little bit today? What yes. Was he, what was he like? He's good. I mean, he's he, – well, <laughs> I caught him uh, – somebody was walking around with a whiteboard and a black marker and a red marker and asking players to draw Brutus the Buckeye. Oh, dear. So I kind of had to sit through him uh, drawing uh, his Brutus the Buckeye photo, uh, whiteboard illustration for a little while. But that's, you know, typical media day shenanigans that kind of sneak in there a little bit. But um, he was good. I asked him, you know, what he thought about the fact that Ohio State has not had a, a one score game this year. Right. And so how do you maintain your composure uh, if this game comes down? And, and a lot of it's on the quarterback. Right. You don't don't force don't try to be a hero don't try to do too much in the big moment but he strikes me as somebody who is very even keeled and i think he i don't think he'll necessarily uh try to do too much if it's coming down to the to the you know nitty-gritty uh kevin wilson uh, the offensive coordinator he said the same thing he's like you know it's a four-quarter game everybody knows there's going to be ups and downs and uh, CJ is a pretty even keeled guy throughout. Um, and, and then you look at the quarterback on the other side, Stetson Bennett. I feel like he's been through so much. I don't necessarily worry about him coming down the stretch of a big game like that in a one score game or whatever. Uh, I think he'll keep his composure pretty well. Um, CJ Stroud, I just, I don't know if he will or not. We haven't seen it. Uh, he's stri- like I said, he strikes me as a pretty even keeled guy, but uh, you never know what's going to happen in, in, in the biggest of moments in a one possession game. That's, you know, predicting a game, you know, I just talked about how much talent's on the field. Sometimes it's hard to do because you don't know who's going to win each individual matchup. You don't know if 
Ohio State can hold on, contain Jalen Carter in the interior. You don't know if Georgia can cover Marvin Harrison or Emeka Ibuka. One thing I do think is going to happen in this game, and reminds me of Clemson a couple years ago, you know, established the run, you know, blah, 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 with Mayan <laughs> Williams. I think they're going to come out throwing in the intermediate passing game like they did against Clemson in that playoff semifinal a couple years ago. Not the one that won, the one they lost. And Ryan Day came out aggressive. I think they're going to try to hammer that 10 to 20-yard box, try to get Emeka Buka loose, try to get Harrison loose, working Cade Stover. And if C.J. Stroud's accurate, that's what he's been. That's what his best attribute is. If he's accurate, they're going to have a chance to, to make some plays on that side of the ball. I agree. I think Ohio State's going to be very aggressive. They don't want to let Georgia dictate right. because Georgia can dictate. They can play wide open. They can play run it between the tackles. They can play shut down defense. They can play a wide open game like they did against LSU where they sprinted way ahead and then kind of just played keep away a little bit, um, you know, staying just enough ahead, that 50 to 30 game. So to me, Ohio State's got one path to the victory, and that's scoring a lot of points and making it into a track meet. I think track meet versus track meet, Ohio State can survive. The higher the score, the better the chance Ohio State wins. For both, like the higher the over. Um, if they play to 30 or less, I would say Georgia's winning that game because that means they dictated, just like you said, the tempo. That, they'll, that means they will beat Ohio State the same way they beat Tennessee. They just out-physicaled them, and they are content to run the ball. So can Ohio State, do their run fits work? Does Tommy Eichenberg have a big game? Um, all big questions. I think Ohio State has a longer checklist for this mm-hmm. game. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, if they're loose, if they play fast and loose, it'll be fun. I talked to a bunch of the defensive players, and you know, the word "pissed off" has been used several right. times this week about uh, how they're how they've reacted to the Michigan loss and what practice has been like over the last month. And and I think, well, uh, I got it right here. Ryan Day used the uh, what what words did he use? Uh, so salty. Friction and conflict. There was friction and conflict in practice, and he said it in a good way. Uh, so I do think there was a little uh, just a, a little duking it out between the offense and the defense in this month as they uh, feel the sense of urgency. Uh, Marvin Harrison called it competitiveness. Uh, C.J. Stroud, same thing, you know, a sense of urgency uh, as they get ready for this game. So uh, no one would bite to uh, actual fisticuffs or anything like that, but you can tell they're certainly on edge and they're looking forward to the challenge and they feel like, you know, they've been dissed and they have been dissed. Well, they, they deserve to be dissed. I mean, that's like the other part of it. Like, I, I'm not the biggest proponent of the, the chip on the shoulder thing because if you have a chip on the shoulder, you probably did something to put it there. And losing by 22 at home, that's that's what happened. That's why people are doubting you. So, um, yeah, and, and I think – but it, when it comes down to it, you're not thinking about those things when you're on the field. You're thinking about I've got to execute in a huge environment – where, gonna, where are the two tight ends? That's what I'm thinking about every right. play. Where are those two tight ends? And it's going to be hot, man. I, I I always tell people, like, sometimes when you're watching a game on TV, you can feel it. Like, and I remember I covered the Oregon-Florida State semifinal the first year. And when I got in the hotel room back, put on Ohio State-Alabama, you can feel it on the TV. And I think this is going to be one of those games where you can feel it. Um, and we'll see how they respond. I mean, obviously, I brought up the bull record. We have a piece at Sporting News detailing that. Um, 
talked to Tim May at Letterman Row about it. He High State's two and eleven against SEC teams in bowl games. It's something they wore for years before they won one. They also beat Alabama when everybody thought they were going to lose by thirty. Mm-hmm. I think this game's different because Georgia has a better quarterback. Um, High State has they both have a ton of talent, but um, it, it, is it going to be fourteen? Or is it going to be 2020 when Alabama just mopped the floor with them in, in two quarters? And that's the big question. I think it'll be something in between. Now, we talked about this a little bit. Uh, like I said, I tried to get the, the players to talk about it, but you and I can talk about it. A story that's a little bit under the uh, unexpectedly under the radar. We're a few days away from potentially talking about Ohio State playing Michigan for the national championship in football. That's yeah. Armageddon, is it not? <laughs> it should be. I, I think some of the reason it's it's been underplayed a little bit. Now, obviously, the high state players aren't going to bite on that. And if they're not, you know, Jim Harbaugh and that, I, you're going to get less biting from him uh, on that. <laughs> There's no doubt. Um, it would be, I just am picturing a scenario. Let's say Michigan wins by like 17 and that's over. And a high state starts to win in the second half. And you, I'm telling you, Twitter will be. It won't be Happy New Year, Ryan. Is Ryan Seacrest still do the New Year show? Yes, I believe okay. so. Okay, yes. so it's not going to be about Ryan Seacrest trending or some celebrity's dress. It's going to be top trending, Michigan versus Ohio State, the game, blah, blah, blah. It's going to be awesome. And I was telling you the story about, you know, the biggest postseason game between these schools in their history is the final or the Elite Eight game in 92. Michigan played Ohio State for the right to go to the Final Four in basketball. Everybody knows every detail of that. Uh, Chris Gent missed the shot late. The Fab Five won in overtime. It was an amazing basketball game at Rupp Arena. You would multiply that by a billion. <laughs> that that that's how I feel. I don't know, but you're not a you didn't grow up in Big Ten country, so maybe you tell me, like, as a not really a Big Ten guy, how would you view that national championship game as a college football connoisseur? It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Without a question, it would be... I was trying to think of comps. I mean, we had the Florida-Florida State rematch, which is I thought was very cool. It turned into a blowout. Uh, but the uh, Sugar Bowl was in 1996. Yep. And uh, Florida got their revenge on Florida State, which was pretty cool. Um, I think... Yeah, it would be off the charts. So given just all the drama and the, you know, the, the long Ohio State winning streak and now all of a sudden you lose two games and you're on the hot seat with despite a 900 winning percentage i mean the fans make it even more dramatic uh than it is and it is you know two blue blood programs hated rivalry you know, right next to each other i mean it was just 
yeah, it, it would be it would also be refreshing, I think, to a lot of the country that the national championship game didn't involve a SEC or Southeastern what team. Stat? What's that stat you pulled out yesterday? Fourteen of the last fifteen national champions have been from the Southeast. Part of the country. Southeast part of the country, Clemson, Florida State, Alabama, Georgia, LSU, that whole Tennessee, that whole little area right there. Uh, I guess Tennessee is more than 15 years. But My my lifetime, and as much as I've been around Ohio State and Michigan, love it, those two schools have combined for three national championships, which is, you know, 97 Michigan, that's quarter century. Uh, Obviously, 2002, Ohio State, which kind of ties with Georgia, that if people aren't giving Ohio State a chance to beat Georgia – there wasn't a person on the planet giving the Ohio State a chance to beat Miami that year that they did. I mean, right. that, that was yes. that was the biggest underdog of all. Craig Krenzel. Yeah, that was an amazing game. So <laughs> I, I think and the stakes, you just hit on it. To me, it's the stakes. It's the if Ohio it's not so much if we win, we celebrate and make our Facebook post. It would if either side loses, if Jim Harbaugh loses that game, like he lost you'd his legacy as a coach in some ways, Bill, would be he lost to his brother in the Super Bowl and then he lost to his biggest rival in the national championship game. Everything else has been amazing. And then for Ryan Day, if you think the phrase born on thirds being used, if they lose to Michigan three times in a row and in the biggest game of the, the rivalry's history, man, I mean, that that's where the, the, the heat would come from with the coaches. So uh, I just – it'd be 10 days here in central Ohio of <laughs> – I. I kind of want to see it. I, I'm being selfish. You know, a lot a of bit, people want to see it. And, I, I, you know, yeah. I think we talked about this week. I think it was what? Well, so it was 2019 Alabama punked Michigan in the Citrus Bowl, right? right? And then 2020 Alabama punked Ohio State in the national championship game. And then 2021, I think last year, Georgia punked Michigan mm-hmm. in the in the CFP playoff. So all of a sudden you've got the top two SEC teams and the top two Big Ten teams squaring off against each other, and it keeps going the SEC's way. And now if Georgia gets them again on Saturday night, that's that's four in a row, two to the Buckeyes, two to the Wolverines. That's tough to take. But it'd be really tough to take in Big Ten country if Georgia ruled through both of them. Yeah, like I mean, I don't. And <laughs> yeah, right. They might have to play Michigan after that. Yeah, that would be five SEC wins over mm-hmm. Big Ten and and the biggest of stage, the best of teams in right. just a, a three year period or four year period. Georgia burned through both of them. It would probably feel a lot like 2006 around here when they did play in the number one versus number two showdown that you you get probably tired of hearing me talk about. But the aftermath is what I remember: Florida beating High State. USC burning through Michigan, and that was that. So it's something to look forward to. You've got two more days down there, too. Is it Thursday? Yeah. It's so, Thursday. I mean, two days. Got a couple days. So um, I'm definitely looking forward to it. Looking forward to our listeners better read your coverage from down there. I believe you have a piece coming on Kirby Smart. It'll be, I'm I did. I talked to a bunch of people who uh, obviously play, play for Kirby Smart, and my question was as simple as it can be. What's it like to play for Kirby Smart? And uh, I had Brock Bowers talk about it. And uh, I got Stetson Bennett to talk about it. Uh, and then I talked to some of the coordinators. Uh, I talked to Kirby a little bit, but, you know, he was all business, like we said. And I thought one of the interesting comments came from Will Muschamp, which I still haven't transcribed it, so I can't say exactly what he said. But essentially, I, w- I brought up the fact that if Kirby wins this, he is going to join the elite of the elite in the uh, coaching profession the last 50 years, the only guys to repeat, I believe, are Tom Osborne, Pete Carroll, and Nick Saban. 
And you know, Kirby joins that group. I mean, that's pretty amazing. And and the first thing Muschamp said was, he's not going to care about that at all. all right. No, he'll move on to the next. He said, right. one one hour after that championship game, he's going to be looking ahead to the next season. And I and I kind of believe him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's how Saban was wired too, and that's that's what makes it interesting. So, you know, I, it's like. We can talk about it all we want. It's such an exciting time. These are great semifinals. I know you and I were texting during the uh, Liberty Bowl last night. So, I mean, it's it, you got to enjoy the games. I'm looking forward to it. I, I know I'm, while you're down there, I think I'm going to watch Texas and Washington tonight. I'm very excited to watch that. Yep, yep. Um, let's touch a little bit on the other semifinal, uh, TCU and Michigan. Uh, the, they're meeting with the media now. Uh, Jim Harbaugh revealed he's a big Ted Lasso fan. So I don't know if that oh, makes what? you uh, uh, if you're a, a big Ted Lasso fan as well, but I know Jim Harbaugh said he was. Uh, where where do you see Michigan uh, attacking TCU in terms of um, you know trying to take control of the game early and play it how they want to play it how they want to dictate it? I think the first quarter is more important for TCU, and I think they need to show that they can hit the deep pass, and they will. They'll try with uh, Johnson. Quentin Johnston, they'll try uh, working that. I mean, Michigan succeeded in the, not allowing the big play. And I think, you know, Kendra Miller is a guy I probably haven't talked about all month. And, I mean, if they can get him going. I think TCU has to play like Maryland did against Michigan. You go back and watch that game film. Talia caused them a few problems. Rakeem Jarrett caused them a few problems. They ran the ball. They stuck with their game plan. And Michigan kind of screwed around offensively yeah, that game was interesting because i think maryland fumbled the opening kickoff and michigan went up seven nothing in like a minute five, five seconds yeah and, and the rest of the half wasn't very good i think tcu if i was tcu a coach for tcu i would watch that game film the closest because i think they were the one team with the scheme that maybe bothered michigan a little bit i don't think anybody else did even ohio state i mean you know so on the other side they just can't let donovan edwards control this game Big game, Donovan Edwards. He is uh, a guy that could be trending on Saturday night. You look at his stats against Penn State, Purdue, Ohio State. He's been phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Got some personality too. I mean, uh, he's a guy that if you're around the press conference, he's pretty funny, engaging, and but a team guy, you know. So that's the key for them. Do is Michigan just going to punch them in the mouth? Did you watch Wisconsin, Oklahoma State the other night? That was like my. It's too late for me, Bill. It, it kicked off at 10 o'clock. It was like the, <laughs> you put it in a Petri dish that's a much smaller version of what we're going to watch Saturday in terms of could Oklahoma State make Big 12 style work. But what happened was Luke Fickle, once they settled down, that was a Big 10 game. And, uh, you know, mm-hmm. a sign of things to come for the Badgers. Still a close game, though. One score. Yeah, yeah. So, yes, that will be a great game to watch. I can't you – know, I'll be following it from the from the Mercedes-Benz Stadium uh, as we get ready to kick off the, uh, the Georgia-Ohio State game. Uh, two days from now, Bill, two days. And then uh, next week you will be uh, headed to sunny Los Angeles for the national championship game. We will connect before you leave uh, for one show, and then we will connect once you are out in Los Angeles and you have uh, you know, gotten a taste of Hollywood. Hollywood Bill Bender. That's what yeah, I'm going to call you next if week. If there's anybody that matches the <laughs> California description, it's me, right? I always make that joke when I go out there. I'm probably the least California person possible. They're certainly not good enough looking, but uh, it'll be a fun time. It will be. It will be. So thank you, everybody, for uh, joining the latest All-America podcast here at CFB Nation. 
enjoy the games. Stay safe over the New Year's Day uh, holiday, New Year's Eve and New Year's Day. And we will see you next week. Thanks for listening to the All-America Podcast. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done.